You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried a free trial, go to builtforthestage.com and we'll work uh, one-on-one on an online fitness app. So if you're in New York, Australia, South Dakota, wherever, we can hook it up and start to work on marrying your fitness uh, goals with your pursuit in a career in theater. Special thanks to Broadway Podcast Network. All right, let's get on to our special guest as always. Super excited to chat with this actress that I'll be seeing in Dear Evan Hansen tomorrow night. Please welcome to the pod, Talia Robinson. Hey, Talia. Hey, what's up? (laughs) You know, I'm uh, here in a sublet right now on the Upper East Side. So if everyone's listening, hearing cars go by and honking and all that, you know, it's just normal 2022 etiquette for podcasts nowadays where we're okay with this. You know, sometimes you see a news interview and the anchor gets up and they're not wearing pants or their cat is behind them. You know, this is the world we live in now. So it's all good. Yeah. If you hear the occasional bark or two, I live next to a doggy daycare that has recently been flooded with dogs as people got many pups over the uh, shutdown. So if you hear the barking, in my background, that's why. Did you know that there was a dog daycare when you moved into your place initially, or did- I did, um, and it wasn't it wasn't really a, an issue uh, when I initially moved in in March of 2020. <laughs> um, I literally moved in March first, 2020, and it wow. wasn't it wasn't a problem at all, obviously, because everything was closed. Um, and then as soon as everything started opening back up, they got flooded with business, obviously. Um, and so it's sometimes hard to, uh, film self tapes, but other than that, it's been lovely. Ah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Well, the dogs are barking and you're belting and it's just one happy family. Happy family. Yeah. Everyone's screaming. (laughs) Um, okay. So, uh, dear Evan Hansen. Um, when did you join the show? Yeah, I joined the show in, I started rehearsals in September of 2019 and I was in the building starting in October of 2019. Um, nice. I booked it right after, uh, handing, handing in my, uh, I think it was four weeks notice. I was on the tour of Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided that I was ready to find the next chapter and move to New York. And, you know, I'd paid off my student loan. So I was really happy about that. Wow. You went to to Emerson, right? I did. Yeah. I was just in Boston on Monday. I went impromptu uh, trip to see the Celtics Miami Heat game for the playoffs. So I was up in your stomping grounds in Boston. I love Boston so much. 
easily one of my favorite cities in the US. What do you like about it? What's good about Boston? One of my favorite parts about it is that you can walk the entire thing probably in a day. You'll probably have to start really early and you might end really late, but you could really walk every single neighborhood of Boston um, in a day. You could go to Little Italy. You could go to, you know, Newbury Street. You could go and, and get little slices of culture everywhere you go. So I really love that about Boston. And I love the fact that it's a it's a college town, you know, lots of young people and going to college there and growing up alongside other young people was really special and, and fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had some amazing tiramisu in Little Italy, maybe in 2011 or something. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a friend that also went to Emerson oh, and uh, she took me on a, a little bit of a tour. You said who? Yeah. Uh, her name is Jessica Namey. No, I don't she's, know. <laughs> I think putting the puzzle together with you, she's a little bit older than you, so probably before your time. Uh, you're from Connecticut, yeah? Yeah, I'm originally from Connecticut, from so, Stanford. Say it again, where? Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did performing like come about in good old Connecticut? Yeah, the story that I always love to tell is um, in middle school – I was a pretty introverted kid, but uh, once I got home and was around my family and felt comfortable, I would often, you know, sing to myself, put on little shows and things for them. And so the, I think it was seventh grade play was having auditions, which weren't real because you would audition, but everyone got to participate, you know? Uh, And my mom pretty much forced me to audition for my seventh grade musical, uh, she was kidding, obviously, but she said, I'm not picking you up until you finish that audition. <laughs> and so I uh, did the audition, although I was very, very scared. And I kind of caught the bug then and there when I got to do that one. And my first Broadway show was actually Wicked. And by the end of Act One, at age 14, uh, I was sure that this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I guess ever since, I've <laughs> just been going with that. What, what was it about? Uh, did your mom have experience in theater or performing or she just thought it would be good for you to kind of like break out of your shell? Yeah, she thought it would be good for me. And she knew that I loved to sing and be dramatic. So uh, she probably thought it would just be a good experience for me to uh, get me out of my shell and to lean into, you know, whatever natural talent I might have had back then. But also, I was not—I was not like the prodigies you see these days, like the eighteen-year-olds you see, literally in our show. I a lot of my um, talents were learned and earned through school. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So you—I think you—you seem maybe a little bit like me, where you are a introverted extrovert. Is yes. that—is that you? Absolutely. I would say that I love being around people. I love being around my friends. People I love um i do have a bandwidth for that so (laughs) once that runs out i need to be home for a while yeah there's actually some official title for this uh trait and i of course can't remember it so if you're listening and you want to comment (laughs) in the comments about what that uh title is please refresh my memory or i'll i'll probably google it after this but (laughs) all right so i'm with you i'm with you on that how was it like in in I guess high school 
uh, approaching your time at Emerson, like, was it normal for you to go to school for theater? Was this something normal that other people around you did? Or was this kind of off the cuff? Um, It was fairly normal when I really kind of entered the the idea that I wanted to act. A lot of my friends in high school were other, you know, theater kids, and they were all planning on auditioning for schools and going to school for acting. So it wasn't too taboo. Also, Stanford has a really great, you know, investment in the arts. They have a really great uh, community theater called uh, Curtain Call, which I did a lot of a lot of shows uh, at. And so, no, it wasn't it wasn't un, unfamiliar to a lot of people. My parents were also extremely supportive of me. Uh, there was no, you know, talk about, well, what are you really going to do? Or how are you going to make, you know, your money on the side or whatever? They kind of just believed in me, which was the greatest gift and the gift that keeps on giving. Um, they were also very honest with me about how hard it, you know, could be and would be and has been. Um, but they alongside that reality, they, they trusted me and wanted nothing more for me than to, to pursue my dream. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too uh, out of the ordinary. <laughs> so their description when you were young saying like, this would be difficult, how, how close to, to nailing it on the head were they, or was it even more difficult than they let on? What's your experience been in your career? Um, yeah. I like to just talk about stuff like this for our listeners that, you know, they're, we're all, if you're in the business at some point, you're going through it. So mm -hmm. someone out there listening is going through it. So would love to hear your insight on that. Yeah, absolutely. My, my experience was, it was not easy, <clears throat> uh, not completely easy. I, I didn't book a job right out of school. You know, I wasn't, a straight to, to tour, straight to Broadway kind of kid. Um, when I graduated, I stayed home with my parents for two years. I worked odd jobs. I worked at like Lush. I worked at a, a restaurant around the corner from my house. I was saving money in a shoebox under my bed. <laughs> like it was, um, you know, really, really hustling um, to make some money to move to New York all the while uh, spending money taking the train. Luckily, Stanford and and a lots many parts of Connecticut are just off the MNR, which is what I was taking the Metro North Railroad. So I was popping into New York for auditions, going back home, doing my shift, getting home at midnight, counting my dollars, getting ready for the next audition, going back into the city early that morning because I wasn't equity, obviously. So I would have to get up super early. And how, how uh, early? When did you have to get up? Oh God, for like a 4 a.m. line that starts outside of, you know, Actors Equity or Pearl or wherever, I was probably getting up around. Sometimes it was like no sleep. So I was probably getting up around two, uh, two or three. Yeah. Um, having my clothes laid out the night before, you know, putting my makeup on at Pearl, doing the quick change from, you know, sweatpants to a jewel tone dress and all of that. Um, and then I eventually, uh, after two years of living at home, I booked the tour of Les Mis, which was kind of my big. Wait, let's let we, we can't skip over this. We got to go back. <laughs> you can't brush that aside. So <laughs> you, you either don't sleep or you get up at 2 a.m. How often, how many times do you say, would you say you did that? 
I did that uh, how often, like however many times a month or however, however many times yeah. a month. However you want to break it down. How frequent was that? Yeah, it was probably, we'll do it per week. It was probably at least two or three times a week. Okay, two um, or three times. And then how many months or years or how long did you? Two years. <laughs> so that's so, um, 104 weeks times three is 312 times. <laughs> insane. I've never broken down the numbers like that. And it's even crazier to think about it that way. Um, yeah, it's super inspiring because <laughs> I talk about it a lot, whether it's fitness or career. People, they like the idea of being where you're at, but they really aren't willing to do what comes with that, you know? Right. right. And it's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, your story there is, that's kind of beyond tough. That's, that's <laughs> I know. I feel like a lot of people uh, think that I kind of just, you know, booked Les Mis and then booked Darren. Like, they, they really don't hear about uh, how I got actually started. Um, yeah, that's not to interrupt you. I think that's no. another thing that holds people back other than what I just said about, like, the whole idea thing is that mm -hmm. they create these false narratives in their mind that the the quote unquote successful people around them just magically got there appeared. And, yeah. And, yeah. And then that deters them from trying or doing what they need to do because they think you all just had a silver spoon, you know, that's a big deal. Not Why, I'm curious. Um, what was it that made you, you had you had to save money so you could afford to move move to New York, or what was the purpose of going? You were trying to immediately pay off your student debt. Like, what was it that made you move home and do what you were doing? Um, in terms of not moving to New York immediately, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, graduating school and then choosing to go home for two years. It was really the the saving aspect because I knew that. Uh, I didn't, I didn't have the, I mean, my family is, has, has supported me my entire life, but they're certainly not, you know, extremely wealthy in yeah. any way. I had a lot of student debt. I had mm -hmm. um, the determination also to, to fend for myself. I didn't want to ask anyone for money. Not that my parents could have even given it to me, you know, like I wanted to really build my own wealth and build my own I don't know, destiny They're you know, work for it myself. So yeah, moving home was really a way to save money and make sure that I had even this tiniest little savings before I could move to New York. Um, a lot of my friends were already here. So what was lucky is sometimes, you know, after auditions or after waking up super early, I would get to <laughs> crash on their couch for a couple of hours mm -hmm. before going back home. Um, so yeah, the, the inspiration for, for staying home for a bit was really just to, to save money and to yeah. make sure that I was good. Yeah. That's yeah. That's awesome. You, you paved your own way. That's, that's great. So, all right, now we can fat now. Okay. I wanted to just take some time there for a second. Yeah, for sure. That's uh super inspiring and, uh, it's always, I never know what I'm getting into mm -hmm. when I, when I start these interviews. So yeah, that, that was awesome. Thanks for sharing. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Um, so now you're you're two years uh, on the tour of Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Like tour? You don't like tour? How how is that? I loved tour. <laughs> I loved tour. It was where I've met some of my closest friends um, who I'll actually truly never let go of. Phoenix Best is one of my best friends. She was our first Eponian. Um, Danielle Summons, like I, just so many people I've met and got to spend some really incredible time with. Traveling the country, we were in a different city pretty much every week. I saw parts of the I saw parts of the continent that I didn't think I would ever see. I went to Banff um, in in Canada, which is one of the most beautiful natural uh, national parks that I've I'll ever get the joy to experience. Um, we ate really well. <laughs> we oh, yeah. had a lot of really good time, and and it was also before before the pandemic, so we were able to kind of travel without that. Uh, anxiety of of COVID looming or anything like that, and we were just a bunch of young people, kind of living living our best lives with like a good paycheck, paying off our student debt, paying for you know little treats here and there, and just having a great time. I missed my family, of course, but luckily my mom was able to visit me for every Christmas, which was nice. Um, I missed a lot of Thanksgivings, but I was able to spend Christmas with my, Christmas with my mom every year. Um, and yeah, I just, I made some, some really incredible memories that, you know, how your phone kind of pops up and says like this year, like three years ago, this is yeah, what that, That's a whole dip. That's, mm, that right. feature is a blessing and a curse. Like sometimes it, <laughs> it reminds me that like, I need to go through my phone and get, yeah, <laughs> thank you iPhone or Facebook, but I didn't really want to see this today. So ask for that. But there are some of them that are like, that was a really cool moment. That was a good day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so you said Banff in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what other cities uh, from your your tour life that you loved? I loved Seattle, um, but a lot of people in Seattle actually told us because we were there for three weeks in June or July, and. A lot of the locals told us, you know, do not base your love for Seattle off of these three weeks because it was sunny every day. It was beautiful. Uh, And they were like, this is not normal. This is the only three weeks we get of sunshine. Otherwise, it's rain. So, um, but I loved it anyway. I I couldn't get enough of it. And then um, San Francisco was really beautiful. Um, LA was really fun. 
we had a good time in in Fayetteville, Arkansas, randomly. Okay, um, tell me, yeah, tell us about that. Fayetteville, Arkansas. What was yeah. fun in Fayetteville? It was just a, a hub of of honestly, like really LGBTQ friendly people. Um, so we we felt like it was kind of just like a party all the time, and just seeing. We also there was a parade. I think it was was it literally. Was that Fayetteville? There was a city that we went to where they had their first pride parade ever. And it was epic. So beautiful. Yeah, it was so joyous. And really, honestly, it brought a tear to our our eyes at at the time because to see people, you know, celebrating their their love and and everything that, that, that comes with that for the first time in such a public way, because, you know, us in New York City, pride is like, you know, every year and it's great and it's a great time. But for them, it was extra special. Yeah. It was their first Pride Parade. And I think that was in Fayetteville, um, but it was it was a really great time. They had a great pizza place there. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was just, it was great. <laughs> yeah, those are the the small memories that, that make the place special. Yeah, exactly. All right, so two years are up and you, you decide it's, it's time to move on. Um, yeah. So the tour was still going when you left it. Mm-hmm. And it when went on. Through, it went on through the through the pandemic, uh, or you know, as the pandemic started, it, it closed. But they're about to launch it again. Gotcha. So when you left, you had um, Dear Evan Hansen lined up, and you, the the red carpet was rolled out. Was it easy <laughs> like that, or what happened? How did this transition happen? Yeah. So I, I gave my my notice to Les Mis, and about I want to say about a month or two later. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen called me in again, actually, to audition for them. And I had been auditioning for them for about a year uh, by that point. I was in and out of their office, or Tara Rubin's office, for them. And it's funny because this this last audition, I was in Chicago. And I was on the phone with my agent. And they were like, you know, they want to see you again. You, you should fly out to New York. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know. I'm so, I'm tired. Like, I really want to be a part of the show, but I don't know if they really want me, you know? Like, I, it was so hard every time that was like a no. Uh, and I said to my agent, like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And Michael Kirsten, uh, my agent said, just, just go. And I was like, all right, fine. So I went, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can't, you know, I can't say no to him because he's always led me in the right direction. And so I did. And that just happened to be <laughs> the time that I booked it. And it was Broadway this time, which is my Broadway debut. And it was uh, July that I got the news uh, that I was going to Broadway. And that August I left, yeah, that August I left Les Mis. And then that September I started rehearsals. So it was... This 2019, you said? Yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't like, you know, we need someone in four days, which was nice. And it also wasn't like, see you in six months. It was yeah. just enough time for me to go home, wrap up my stuff, find a sublet, move in, get prepared, read the script, memorize my lines before I'm, you know, even in the front or in the first uh, rehearsal and just feel prepared, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. So, yeah, that's kind of how that transition worked. It was it was really perfect, actually. Nice. Um, so how do you keep going? So make your debut and everything's exciting Mm -hmm. and fresh and new. And now, you know, time has passed. 
this is a question that you can directly answer the way I'm asking it, but I like to relate it to fitness because when you start a fitness journey, things are new and you're seeing little results and getting excited, but then how do you sustain the journey, you know? So with your show, how do you sustain the journey? it, It was tough um because i had a forced break <laughs> after after being part of the show for 4 months um march of 2020 rolled around and um it was at first as as everyone will probably say it was you know 4 weeks off like how fun you know we get to have this little break that'll be great um, and that obviously turned into about two years. So it got a little bleaker, obviously. Um, so keeping keeping in the, the vein of your analogy, uh, it was actually that that period of time that was that needed the the keep going aspect that that needed the, you know, don't give up, don't lose faith, you know, continue your routine, continue you know, working your instrument and all of those things. Um, and I, it, it took a lot for me to actually settle into that lifestyle after being, after making my debut and after having so much excitement around my life, having to sit down for a little while was really, really tough, but I found that there was a silver lining in in enforced rest. Like it became something that I had to flip the script on. Like I, I needed to take advantage of this time, whether I wanted it or not, um, to relax because my my life had pretty much been a whirlwind since I started Les Mis and then on through. Um, so I, I needed to to sit down and really try try my best to enjoy the fact that I could really take my time with whatever I needed to take my time with. Um, and then the reopening was another lesson in how to (laughs) tap back into the, to the, what's the word to tap, tap back into the, um, stamina that I had had beforehand and how to be patient with myself and how to, you know, after, if we want to go with your analogy, after working out for so long and then having a forced break for so long, how do I, appreciate the little steps and not try to go full force, you know, a, a, an hour hit workout, which, you know, might be dear Evan Hansen in that analogy. How do I, how do I learn to just start walking first or start, you know, doing a little yoga first or just warming up first um, and then reaching eventually the stamina that I had before. Yeah, Um, exactly. And it's, it's been, it's been really good, especially since, uh, our company and our, our producer especially has been so loving, honestly, and caring about our company um, in terms of our mental health, in terms of our physical health, in terms of our everything. Um, she's, giving us, she's given us all the tools that we could ever need. And so we're really cared for in that way. What's your, and, favorite, what's your favorite part of the show? What do you, what do you like about it? Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the show, as Zoe specifically – is honestly falling in love on stage every day. I know it doesn't end well for them, but that, you know, that tiny five minutes that they get to just be in love 
as, as, you know, teens, because it's so, it's like puppy love, you know, it's so new and fresh and exciting. And I think as adults, we, we tend to, to get be jaded about things like that, but getting to do that on stage every night and feel those bubbly butterfly type feelings is that, I think that's my favorite part. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, we're going to get you out of here with uh, one last after hours chat. So let's jump off the theater train and ask you who is Talia off the stage? What do you, what do you like to do? Do you go down to the the puppy daycare and look at the dog? (laughs) Do you, are you a fierce rollerblader? Who is, who is is off the stage? Off the stage, Talia Robinson is a park girl. She loves to go to the park with a book and like a seltzer and a sandwich and just sit <laughs> um, and read and soak up the sun. Talia Robinson is a beach girl whenever she can. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I'm going this Monday with a bunch of friends. Talia Robinson is a a friends girl. I get to, whenever I get the chance to see my friends, because we're on opposite schedules right now, uh-huh. I get to see them. And other than that, Talia Robinson's like a plant mom. She's at home <laughs> watching TV and chilling out. Nurturing your plants over there, huh? <laughs> do you have a jungle? How many plants do you have? Do you know? Oh God, I have nearly 13 plants now. <laughs> I, I will continue to get more. I, I will not be stopped at all. And my friends know this about me. That's that's funny. That's funny. Um, okay. The last question, it's, it's off of the one that you just answered though. What mm-hmm. have you read recently that you would suggest others should read? Oh gosh. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, you're fine. Um, it wasn't extremely recent, but I reread Bell Hooks's All About Love. Um, everyone should read it if they want a better understanding of love, relationships, love for themselves, love for their parents, for their partners, etc. She was a genius. May she rest in peace. And that book changed my life. Okay. Yeah. All right. You heard, it here. you heard it here first, folks. All right, cool. Talia, Talia that's it. That's it. I appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you so much. I can't wait to uh, see the show tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming and thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's Talia Robinson. You can check out her Instagram, Talia S. Robinson on the gram. And you can find that in the description of this episode. Check out her website, TaliaRobinson.com. Just, uh, yeah, follow along her journey. She's awesome. So thanks again. (laughs) And uh, I'm Joe Roscoe. Actors are athletes. So train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.